Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Realist Podcast in the game, T3M. We are joined with our brother, Sheikh Abdurrahim McCarthy. Assalamu alaikum. Alaykum salam warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Yeah, so uh, where are you at right now? In the world? Right now, I'm in quarantine, lockdown. I'm in Qatar. Quarantine. Yeah, I'm Perfect. In the All right. Not allowed out. This is myself for the next week, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, what are you doing nowadays? Just keep yourself busy. Alhamdulillah. Um, uh, actually, my wife was asking me, have you felt it? I said, no, not at all. I've just been so busy. I have continuous lectures as I'm sitting with you guys. Um, it's the middle of the night now, here where we are. Um, after Fajr, or a couple hours after Fajr, I have a lecture in Sacramento. Then I have some filming I'm doing with the brothers in the UK in the middle of the day. and Two lectures on, on Sunday. So just, you know, preparing lectures and, and, and talking and doing some recordings. Um, I'm working out in a, every day. Alhamdulillah, I have my resistant bands with me, which I travel with all the time as my form of exercise. Obviously, with, I can't really do too many burpees and things with my, my knee injury yet. So Alhamdulillah, I'm just using like resistant bands and, you know, push-ups and, and things like that. Alhamdulillah, to you know, make sure I get my, my daily exercise in. And, you know, Alhamdulillah, I would, and, you know, speak to my wife a bit on the phone and you know, answer some emails, do a little business here and there. And I found it that you know, the, the day's finished. Alhamdulillah, I've been, been very busy and been benefiting from the time, Alhamdulillah. And I think a lot of people, you know, they always say that they're bored when they're in, um, you know, in the lockdown and you know, people are struggling and mental health, you know, something very beneficial. I benefited from a new Muslim, you know, a new Muslim sister. She said that one of the things that Islam taught me is that it's impossible for a Muslim to say that they can be bored. And she said, because there's always something to do. And Islam is a religion always encourage you to, you know, to constantly better yourself. Right. So she said, I don't see how a Muslim could ever, you know, she said he could dare to say that or he could be bored because you could always be doing something. There's always something to do to better yourself. You know, whether it be, you know, bettering yourself in, in your mind, educating yourself and the affairs of the deen and the dunya. And that, that can take up all of your time, alhamdulillah, you know, with your family, with this. There's, there's always something to do, and, you know, that you're not going to you know, have to sit around like, I want to kill time. I want to waste time. I'm bored. You know, there, there's so much you can be doing. That. And when, when you reach that level in your life, you need to realize that there's a there's a problem because there's so much you could be doing to, to fill up your days. And, and like I told my wife earlier, I said, I said, what would I be doing differently if I wasn't in lockdown now? Let's be honest. Okay, uh, I, I would go out to the store sometimes, maybe if I needed to buy something. I would have visited some of my brothers who I haven't seen in some time, uh, went to their house. But I'm gonna, how long am I going to sit with them? Maybe sit with them half an hour, hour, and then I'm going to come straight back to my house and be in my house. I would go out to the masjid. You know, other than that, I, I wouldn't be going out. I would be sitting in the house doing the same thing I'm doing, working. That's what I do for a living anyways. You know? I enjoy it. That's what I do. And for me personally, it wasn't really that big of, of a deal, the issue of the lockdown. And even, I don't know if you saw, I have a video I did about my daily routine when I was in lockdown. You know, obviously working out in the morning is, is part of that. And, you know, I, I established a home gym. You know, so I'm that, I, that, that really hit me hard. People are, I can't go to the gym. I don't have a gym. You know, even I used to teach my students when I used to teach them and, and, uh, in Dubai, actually, one of them became like a, I think he's like a professional bodybuilder now. I mean, he competes at a, at a professional level. Um, you know, I used to teach them that everywhere is a gym, and they were like, "And how is that?" I said, there's, "I said, there's so much you can do, right?" I said, "Right here in school, there's you can work out everywhere," and they said, "You know, you know what is this?" So I, I taught them. First of all, they were very lazy to take their um, books to their lockers, so they had like all of their books for all like you know twelve subjects, or they have the it's in their bags. So all their bags are super heavy which actually is good. You're carrying them around on your back or doing like a, a farmer's carry when you're carrying it from class to class. So that's, that's exercise. I said, also, I said, look at the curls you can do with these now. So we're still curling with it. It's heavy. You know, the, 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 the tricep, the French press with the, with, with the bag. 
Um, and I said, even I said, get someone to hold like a, a shirt or a sweater or a sweatshirt that they have and they're pulling it and you can do different exercises with that as well. Um, I said, take the desk, pick up the desk now. Those are the teacher teaching them. So I'm also teaching these things, right? I said, the desk, is this light? They're like, yeah, it's easy. I said, do 20 reps. Do, 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 uh, do 30, 30 of them. And it starts to burn. Like, oh, man, that's, that's, that's going to build up them shoulders after some time. Uh, when, the, when the bathroom, uh, I, I, was, I was washing my hands when I came in. I said, look, I said, that's the pull-up bar right there. <laughs> was that the stall? They started doing pull-ups inside. So the, 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 the teacher who was in charge of, um, uh, of the, the, the disciplinary stuff, he would say, oh, there's a school, you know, how to do that. They'd laugh at me because I'm the one, you know, teacher who taught them how to do it, you know. So alhamdulillah, and obviously in the chairs, you can do the dips in the chairs. You have the two chairs as well. You're not supposed to put your feet on the other chair, but I, I'd allow it if they're doing dips, no problem. So alhamdulillah, they, they, you can, you know, you have to make the best of the situation that you're in. So there's, there's nothing I can do. I'm in lockdown. What can I do? You're in your country. If you can't, you're not, you're not allowed out of the house. What are you going to do? You make the best of what you have. Alhamdulillah, with the things we have online now, I mean, imagine this, you know, before like the internet, and that would have been, that would have been challenging, right? Because there's so much you couldn't have done. But now alhamdulillah, and there's so much we can do online that I, I don't think it's as, as big of a deal as, as people make it. You know, there's a lot of things mm -hmm. you can fill, fill your time with, you know, alhamdulillah. Even some of the beautiful things is now, I remember one of the, one of the duati told me, he said, I, I finally met my children, you know, I really know my children now, which is something beautiful because we didn't get the time to spend with them before. You know, they're, they're always busy. They're at school, you know, they're in activities. They're, you know, outside with their friends and, you know, we're traveling, we're doing our work, we're doing this. So I mean, we don't know them as, as much as we should, but the, the quarantine gave us any, the time to spend time and get closer to our families. Alhamdulillah. If you took advantage of it in a positive way, but unfortunately many people, it was a, a negative experience for a lot of them because they didn't have the correct mindset going in. And also I think a lot of times, you know, having that type of isolation in, in general, not, you know, socializing too much, unless it's something that's, there's a benefit in it. And that's, that's the way I always look at it. I mean, I, I don't really hang out and socialize with, with brothers Unless it's something we're gonna we're gonna benefit from each other, and either in in, in dean or dunya, we're gonna have to be some benefit there, you know, for us to you know just to, just to have a cup of tea where there's no benefit behind it. I, I'd rather have a cup of tea with my wife, and that if that's the situation, right? But if we're gonna benefit, you know, there's some brotherhood, there's some bonding, visiting, and we're gonna you know remind each other, we're gonna learn something new, you know, that that's beneficial. Every now and then, you know, just to kind of chill out and have fun. Okay, no problem, but it can't be you know too much anyway. It shouldn't be that much anyways. Mm -hmm. SubhanAllah, man. Uh, the introduction alone, you just dropped so many, so much wisdom right there, so many gems. Uh, I want to kind of, you know, rewind back. You talked about the new Muslim that was giving us this wisdom that as Muslims, we should never be bored. And it reminds me that you yourself, you're not a new Muslim per se, but you are a revert, right? I remember briefly, uh, you mentioned somewhere that you reverted back in 94. So tell me a little bit about that, your upbringing, what brought you to Islam, uh, what you kind of did after accepting Islam, a little bit of your education, your background, and where you are today. Yeah, inshallah, um, I'll tell you the one of the briefer narrations. And just like if you look in Sahih Bukhari and books of Hadith, you find like Imam al-Bukhari, he mentions the same Hadith with different narrations. Sometimes it'll be a short narration. Sometimes it'll be the longer Hadith uh, with, with all of the information. Because if I go into too much detail, we're going to take up the entire episode. And obviously, I've talked about this several times before. But perhaps some of the viewers maybe haven't heard the story. So yani, like you said, I'm, I'm no longer a new Muslim because the majority of my life has been in Islam, alhamdulillah. If you do the math and the years and when I became Muslim, I became Muslim, I was 18. And I, I, I've lived more than 18 years after that, alhamdulillah. So more than half of my life has been uh, in Islam, alhamdulillah. More than half of my life has been overseas uh, in the Middle East or the, or the Arab world as well. So alhamdulillah, um, 
I have a lot, lot of different experiences and uh, I was born and raised in America in the state of Virginia. And in 1994, I accepted Islam. Um, I came from a, a good background. You know, my, my family, was, when I was born, like in, in an area that wasn't probably the nicest area, but my family were a bit successful from, from the start. We moved into a nicer area and eventually started to move up and up and up until we moved into you know, very plush areas, alhamdulillah. So my family were, uh, you know, very successful and still are, alhamdulillah. Um, you know, they're well off, you know, very, very good family. They taught me very good values. And unfortunately, uh, and fortunately, I can say, I mean, I, I, I don't want to complain because I, I think I've, the, the, I benefited from my jahiliyyah. And then, you know, it came in the hadith, the, the, the best of you in Islam or the best of you in jahiliyyah, meaning that the ones who, he said, if you learn the fiqh and you have knowledge of the religion, because a lot of the, the things that we took from the jahiliyyah, we can now benefit from the Islam. For example, relating to the youth, relating to the, to the shabab. I've done most of the stuff they want to do or they're doing. I've been through that. So I mean, for me to be able to relate to them or for them to be able to relate to me, you know, that, 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 that there's, there's a connection right away. So it's not like, you know, um, we talked before about MMA. I remember there was a, I was giving a lecture in a university in Ireland and the issue of MMA came up and there was a, a brother, he's a, you know, very active in Dawa doctor. He's, a, he's a, the head of the pediatrics department in the hospital he works at, mashallah. very, very brilliant brother, mashallah, beautiful brother. He brought this, 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 um, you know, from the youth, from his community, he brought him with him. And him, you know, his imam was like, you know, traditional turban, uh, you know, everything's haram, you know, uh, the, the, the kufar, this kufar, that, like, go back to your country or something like this, because you're living in a different world than we're living in, right? But anyways, everything was haram for the guys. So all of a sudden, he's hearing me talk about MMA and training and stuff like this. He's like, this is halal. And I was like, I was like yeah, alhamdulillah, we, we train. It's what we do, you know? We, we train all, all, almost every day, alhamdulillah. So he was, um, he was, uh, he was, he was shocked to hear that. But and so, but he was able to relate right away because now, and he, someone who's living like in the real world, you know, not 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 in, not in a bubble, alhamdulillah. So basically, any, uh, you know, the, the, when it, when it, when it comes to, um, you know, this this jahiliyyah, I benefited a lot from it. That's the point I want to point out. You know that alhamdulillah. You know, a lot of the things that I did, I. Uh, there is uh, some form of regret. I'm not happy or, or proud of uh, a lot of the bad things that I did, but I, I think it has made me a better person today. And it's made me more thankful for Islam. Um, even my parents, I've talked to them, I'm more thankful for them for what they did for me now because of the bad stuff I went through in the past and what Islam taught me. You know, alhamdulillah, it really, really helped me out a lot. So I, I went through a, a very, very deep uh, and rough jahiliyyah. You know, I found myself because I was, you know, really into basketball, as I mentioned to you guys in the, uh, in, in the other episode. And when you play basketball, obviously, you know that the, the inner, you know, if, if you want to get into the good pickup games, you're going to be like in the inner city areas, right? Obviously, most people who live in the inner city areas are, are from the African-Americans. So a, a lot of my friends, a lot of my colleagues at school and the ones I would hang out with, they were from, you know, the African-Americans. And, you know, I was influenced by them a lot. And basically became like I was one of them. Even at the time, you know, people didn't know the difference. You know, they, they would hear how I talked and, and, and walked and acted and dressed and all that. And it just like I was, you know, from that, you know, I wouldn't call it really the hip hop. It was more like the, the gangster style than more than the hip hop. You know, we weren't into the, you know, the, we had a different style in, in, in Virginia, D.C. area where we were from anyways. The, the point is that um, my family was shocked, obviously, in the things I was doing, things I got involved with. And we didn't have like, gangs per se i mean there are there now obviously more 
the gangs that came into the area. Um, but during my time, there weren't really any gangs. You know, it was more like, you know, cliques or crews uh, of people. There were, you know, some. Um, but the gang lifestyle was the same thing, basically. You know, you're into the, if you're into drug dealing and, you know, what you would call like gang banging type things in this neighborhood and that neighborhood, it's more or less the same thing without the affiliation. So that's the kind of lifestyle that I got involved in. I was getting into a lot of trouble, um, you know, got locked up several times, alhamdulillah, and it got out. But, you know, this was the, I just, it was a continual course until one day, you know, and, and this is the thing, and I even mentioned this, we're talking about, you know, Khabib earlier, and we're supposed to be talking about him and now as well. But, and then one of the, the things I mentioned that khutbah that you asked about that I did in 2018, one of the first principles that I mentioned was don't judge a book by its cover. Because right away, MMA fighter hitting face, haram, the guy's no good, you know, just, just cross him out, right? Uh, so the same thing, I, I, I was, and I gave a lecture last night in Arabic, actually, uh, about that one. I, I was explaining who I was and what I was, what I was doing, the way I looked, the way I talked, the things I did, really, really bad things. You know, even I remember my, my, my sister telling me that she said, you're a menace to society. It made me very proud back then, by the way. And I was like, yeah, it's, I, I reached, you know, <laughs> where she called me a menace to society. How about that, right? So I was like, wow, I said, that, that's, you know, that's deep. So that's how, how, how my, my, my family looked at me. That, that's what I had become. But um, it was, don't always judge a, a book by its cover because many of the people who have been guided, you know, alhamdulillah, and he, they went through a difficult time, but now they become good Muslims. Our, our brother now, he's got, his, he's got his ink, right? So a lot, a lot of the, you know, the old uncles, this guy, you know, he was a non-Muslim. He became Muslim. What do you want to hold it against him? He went through, he went through a jahiliyyah, alhamdulillah. But maybe that jahiliyyah is going to help us now in Islam. And his experience that he gained to be able to help the youth, to bring them back, things like that, we can, we can benefit from it. He can relate to them. Whereas maybe the traditional imam from back home or something like this, and he, uh, they're not going to be able to, to relate to the youth. That's why so many of the youth, unfortunately, go astray, is that the, the imams and the leaders that we have in the, mes in the, in the masjids and the communities, that they can't relate to them, you know? They're on different planets altogether. That's one of the main problems that we're facing. Even many of the parents who, they still have the back home mentality, not realizing that your son, your daughter, they've been born and raised in Canada and America and the UK. They don't think like you do. They don't think like back home. They think like here. That's how they think. But they just can't relate to them. And that's where a lot of the problems are being caused. So Alhamdulillah, and even though I was in this situation, one of the, you know, my partners in crime, uh, his father was a Muslim. And I learned, you know, the basics of Islam through him. I asked him for some books, um, ended up not reading those books. I got into a car accident, was chased by the police. They didn't catch me, alhamdulillah. Um, I didn't have my car to go out then. And I remember these books that I got two months ago from, from my, 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 uh, my friend's father. And I sat down and that's one of the things I always tell my students that even though we were into like the gangster lifestyle and you know crime and all of this, the difference, I said, we used to read even back then, you know? And it was, it was looked at something positive to read. I mean, obviously, a lot of times when you go to prison, that's when you're supposed to read certain things. But even when you're outside, for example, you have you know, the, the Art of War, you know, The Prince by Machiavelli. You know, these are, these are must-reads even when you're outside, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I, used to, I used to read certain things. So, I mean, and it wasn't like I couldn't read it. Even sometimes I hear some of the people who try to read today, like, uh, uh, you know, it's like the, people are literally, they can't even read, subhanAllah, today. Um, so, I mean, I had these books and I, I read it and it really interested me. I read it cover to cover. And, and I had been influenced before by the story of Malcolm X. I read the entire book. I saw the movie, you know, so they just that, that, that planted something in me, the, the story of Malcolm X. And then, boom, when I read the book, that just, it just kicked in. You know, this is what I was, the direction I wanted to go. I made, you know, um, some goals for myself. I was a young man. 
you know, I want to get my money right. The issue with the women, the car, the house, you know, that was, a, that was a main, the, main, the main objectives, you know, and then I, I felt I was getting out of shape, you know, the lifestyle I was living, a lot of drinking, a lot of smoking weed and things like that. It wasn't, you know, I, I felt that, uh, you know, the situation I was in, I remember we got into a fight uh, with some Mexican guys, me and my friend, and the police rolled in as we, we were fighting. And, you know, so I was running away and, it, you know, back in the day, we were younger, we would run from the police and, you know, we'd come to the fence, you know, they, they couldn't catch us. There's no way they're going to catch us. I was fast. I was athletic, man. We'd hit those big fences and just like hit into the middle of our stomach, just flip over and just keep going. Like it wasn't even there. So I remember I was running, you know, and I, and I was in the bad crowd, you know, they're smoking cigarettes, smoking weed, drinking, you know, I get to the fence that we used to just like, like sail over, like, you know, like a gazelle, you know, like a deer or something flying over the fence. I got to the fence. I was like, and I just, I just collapsed, you know, it's like, it's not good. So, you know, I realized, you know, I was young and you have to use your, your mind. I was like, I got to get back in shape, man. I can't, I can't be like this. So, I mean, I, that's one of the goals I put. The last thing I put on my goals was, you know, to be more religious. You know, I felt, and that's, that's the fitra inside. You have that natural inclination that you need that connection with your creator. I tried several times with the Bible, with this, you know, being a Christian, I was Catholic, you know, that's how I was raised Irish American. Um, you know, that's what I believed in. And that's why I tried, you know, have my little gold cross on my gold chain, uh, you know, trying to be more religious. But my idea of religion was more like, you know, the guys in the mafia who would, you know, do the things throughout the week and, and go to church, maybe give a little <laughs> sadaqa, you know, the church on, on, on the Sunday, have a relationship with the priest, you know, you know that, that, was, that was about it, right? That's, that, that's what I, that's what I, that's what I thought I, I would, I would do and maybe read the Bible and, you know, and just be a bit, a bit of a better person. You know, I didn't think that I would, you know, be someone who'd be totally religious. So many, but obviously, you know, as, as Allah told us, you know, they plan and law plans. The law is the best of planners. I mean, the law had better plans for me, alhamdulillah. So that day I was going, you know, as we say, to re-up, to buy some drugs from my friend I used to get my supply from that I would sell and I go to his neighborhood, come back to my neighborhood. But he wasn't there for the appointment, subhanAllah. So him not being there um, opened the opportunity for me to speak with his father about Islam. And like I said, after that, I, and he, I had the books. And then I, and he, another plan that Allah had for me, I got into the car accident. So here in front of me, I have the books that, that I read. And I read the entire book that night. Alhamdulillah, I accepted Islam the next day, alhamdulillah. And Allah blessed me with some beautiful brothers around me. I fell in love with, with the Quran, reading the Quran every day. Fell in love with the Sunnah, trying to act upon it. You know, I always had the beard even before. You know, I had the, there's the used to have the short beard back in the day. But um I never, I never used to like the shave. It was, it was horrible to see a, a shave, you know, a clean shaven man. Never, never liked that even before Islam. Subhanallah. So, so I, 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 the Sunnah to grow the beard, to you know, the dress. I used to wear the turban. All of this, anything that was Sunnah, I had my maswak with me all the time. You know, walking around in America, you know, trying to implement the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in all, all aspects of my life. And I fell in love with knowledge and seeking knowledge. And I realized that if I'm really going to obtain true knowledge, I have to. You know, go outside. It's it's common sense. You can see the ones who are the scholars, the ones who had studied, or the ones who went abroad, the ones who had the patience to finish the programs abroad. So I went outside, and Alhamdulillah, went to Sudan, started there, and then later in Saudi Arabia for about a year in, in Saudi, and then I got accepted in Medina, and I stayed in Medina, Alhamdulillah, for ten years in Medina until I finished, and then I started my you know my career as a teacher, as you know someone who's involved in media. Uh, many TV shows, more than 900 TV shows, Alhamdulillah, on Peace TV, Huda TV, and many other TV channels around the world. And now, Alhamdulillah, trying to do what I can on, on social media and also as an international lecturer traveling around the world. Obviously, with COVID, it's the first time I've traveled. That's why 
So I'm in lockdown now. We haven't, we, we've stopped traveling. But alhamdulillah, one of the objectives I had even before COVID was to do more things online and to start traveling less. So actually, it, it turned out to be good for me, alhamdulillah. So this, this is an, in, in brief, you know, how it all happened, alhamdulillah, and, and where I am now. SubhanAllah. Uh, I can agree 100%, 110% that COVID was, in a way, Allah's answer to all of my dua. But you don't, you don't really see it that way, you know, when you're just too caught up in it, like Anha says. Um, and I really wanted to touch on, you know, the, the thing with Khabib when, when, you know, you hear this thing about MMA and a lot of people don't know. I want, I want you to tell us about why there's this huge preconceived notion with Khabib before, you know, we go into some of the wisdom behind, you know, uh, his akhlaq, just the way he lives, the example he leads. Um, why is there this this giant, you know, preconceived notion, this taboo, whenever people think about him? I would say, as Muslims, and it, it goes back, all of it goes back to the issue of hitting in the face. And the issue of hitting in the face being haram, him being something, doing something haram, like I said, people want to X him out. Other people, obviously now, but he's become a role model for the people because he came at a time where, you know, Islam, any or the Muslims will say, has become very weak. Islam, inshallah, is never weak, but the Muslims have become very weak. The Muslims don't respect themselves. The Muslims don't honor themselves. So here came a man from the mountains of Dagestan, you know, and he, and he was a very simple man who came in and revived many of these principles in, in, in the life of the Muslims. And, and he taught, you know, that's, that's one of the great things. He taught the Muslims that you can excel in something. Because Islam wants us to excel. This is one of the teachings of Islam. So the hadith of the Prophet that Allah loves when you do something that you perfect it. And obviously the issue is he the goat or not. I might differ here you know, with this. I might, I, might take, I might take John Jones when it comes to being the goat. But none of the doubt, I mean, he, he's definitely any, any one, of, one of the greatest of all times. And no, no doubt about that. But the, the, so you see he perfected what he does. And he perfected it, but it didn't change him. Also one of, one of the teachings of Islam, also one of the ways of, of the Salaf, of the pious predecessors, the early any, you know, uh, members of this Ummah from the Sahaba and the early generation of the Muslim, where they could be somebody who was very rich, but also one who was very devoted to the deen. Look, for example, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq was very rich. Uthman ibn Affan was very rich, big businessman at the same time. Uh, even more rich with them was Abdurrahman ibn Awf. All three of them were from the rich Sahaba, from the big businessmen of the Sahaba. All three of them were from the ten who were promised paradise by the Prophet What level of iman did they have? Look at the, the combination between the deen and the dunya. This is the reality of the Muslim. They're all, all of them were also very simple. They were not attached to the dunya. They used this money as a tool to benefit themselves in this life to be able to plant for the hirakhir. This, this is what the, the, the true Muslim does. And even I was, I was very happy when, when Khabib started to become more successful. He started with several charity projects in, in, in Africa and things like that. That's what someone is supposed to do when, he, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, blesses him with, with, with wealth and with fame. But the really thing that really, you know, is, and from the benefits that really kind of, you know, sticked out to me when I, I did this khutbah about uh, 54 things we benefit is the issue of, you know, the honor and not being shy, not compromising. And, he's, and, and we talked about this before as well. About the, the Muslims who are too shy to practice their faith, the ones who are always always want to compromise and 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 do things that are haram in order to please other people. And you look now, but just the, the the clip that went you know went around uh, recently about you know him not shaking hands. We've seen it several times where he doesn't shake hands. 
and not compromising. This is what our religion teaches. We don't shake hands with the opposite gender. Not, not compromising. When 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 the the lady in, in Riyadh of all places, you know, asked him about um, you know the, the, how how a woman can be successful as, as a fighter, and what did he say to her? You know, to, to, to be a, to be a fighter in your house didn't compromise. This is his belief system that this is where the woman should be focusing is on her house and on her family. He's not going to say now because I'm successful and this. And the right thing to say as an MMA, as an MMA championship is how you can do it as a woman is to do this and this and this and to do this and this and to train like this. And he didn't he didn't compromise. He said right away that, you know, you should fight in your house. That's where you should fight. This is where you should be raising the children. The societies have been corrupted. Why? Because the women are, are, are not with their children in, the, in, in their houses. They're out with it with chasing their careers and the houses are being destroyed. And even Muslim households are well as they're following in, in the footsteps. So he didn't compromise in several examples. I remember in, in the khutbah, I mentioned some things, uh, you know, he always made it clear that his faith came first. UFC 200, which at that time was the, the biggest ever, you know, it was the biggest event. It was in Ramadan. He was like, no, I'm, I'm not taking part in it. He was very clear. Wasn't willing to compromise, even though he needed that stepping stone in his career during that time. As one of the biggest stepping stones for him would have been UFC 200, but he refused to take part because it was in Ramadan. And he also did he, even like something small to us, maybe, when the, the, the reporter said, and he had said to him, Assalamu alaikum and whiskey, like in the same sentence. And he stopped them and he said, don't, don't say those two together. Assalamu alaikum and whiskey, don't miss it. Even though, and he, would we say that something, and the reporter didn't mean anything negative by it, right? But he said, just don't mix those two words together. And he was always, in his, and he's not shy to explain how he believes and always you know, attaching it to, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, saying no, it's, it's Allah, you know. And it's saying, Alhamdulillah. And how, how many people around the world now from the non-Muslims, they know the word Alhamdulillah. And they know the, the, the meaning of it. And how he spread that word through, and he, throughout the world. It's something that we say as Muslims, we should say a minimum of 175 times a day. That's if just at the Salat and the Adhkar, we say after the Salat, we're going to say at least 175. And he, the, the word Alhamdulillah. And he's saying it throughout the day. If we do other Adhkar, pray a bit more, we're going to say, say it more than that. And what does that mean, alhamdulillah? Why are they saying alhamdulillah? Even one of the, the beautiful things about Khabib, and I don't want to, you know, you guys asked me to talk about it. And Eddie recently on the Dean Show asked me to talk about the issue of Conor McGregor. You know, I didn't want to, you know, always talk too much about it. I don't want to become like, you know, uh, the, the MMA guy who's always talking about these type of issues. And we have some of our youth who, who, who constantly talk about these issues as well. So I said, no, there's, there are people out here who are talking about it, which I think is good. I think it's positive. Alhamdulillah, obviously, there's a lot we can reflect and gain on it, honestly. And I, and I do mention it. Even his stance against uh, Macron and the French, uh, what was happening in France against our Prophet, beautiful stance. You know, once again, not, not compromising, strong, beautiful words from someone who is now as a Qudwa, who is it was a role model, who is someone who people, people follow and look up to. He came and he, he showed the Muslims how they should be. Not like, you know, you know shying off or, or uh, uh, certain governments Strengthening their relations with France during this time, subhanAllah. If, if, if the people had a stance, and this is the thing, if we don't have stances, we don't have people willing to take stances, we're never going to progress as an ummah. I talked about this the other day. I know it offended some people when I talked about the issue of the, the GCC countries taking a stance against Sri Lanka when they wanted to ban the, the, the niqab there. The same thing when France banned the niqab. I mean, who, who, what, what was the best government response to France when the niqab issue was directly from the White House. If we could get that clip, it was, it was really, really good what the guy said. He was a spokesman for the White House. It was during the, the Obama 
administration. He said that we are against this. He said, we believe it's the woman's right if she wants to cover her face. Even what Trump said actually was amazing about the niqab. It was really, really good what he said about the niqab, honestly. Uh, and, but we're, we're the Muslim rulers who are saying this. We're taking these stances. And he said, he, they said, the end, obviously, we're, we're still allies with France, but we don't, we don't agree with this, at least. Anyway, where's the Muslims who, who stood up against this? If Muslims did any, and, and the, the crazy thing is, is that it's the, it's, it's the fetwas from your scholars in these countries who the sisters took from in order to say that it, it's fought for the woman to cover her face. Obviously, before that, you have there. And many of the other medhabs as well, um, but I'm talking about the, the, the contemporary scholars, anyways. That you know, it's from these countries. So, any where, where's the stance against them? If any, on a higher level, and people who who took take stances, um, I'm, I'm I'm bad with some of these footballers' names. The soccer guy, what's his name? Uh, the the Turkish brother who took the stance, plays for Arsenal. Um, I forget his name. You guys don't probably don't watch uh, soccer, anyways. And, and, in North America, so you don't know who I'm talking about. But he, he, had a, he had a very good, he had a very good, and a good, good stance as well. When these people speak out, you know, and, and, and they have stances, it's going to have an impact. Alhamdulillah. So, so he's done that as well, and, and showing us as Muslims how we should be, be to be proud of religion and to stand up for our religion. You know, you, you see him with his worship, his, his you know, constantly making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You see him when he's in the dojo praying. His training didn't stop him from, from getting up to pray. You see when he's he's chilling out, hanging out with his friends. You see him with his little, you know, his uh, the 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 that they wear in the house a lot of the times, and in the Arab countries, you see he has his thobe on, hanging out with 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 his with his brothers, and he's praying, and he, you know he leads them a lot of times in the prayer, mashallah. And so you see, this is this is what you need to this is how the Muslim needs to be. I remember uh, in Ireland, we went on a, on a, on a with a group of the youth. We went to uh, the beach. The first day we went, we played football, or they played football anyways, um, soccer meaning, uh, on the beach. When it came time to pray Maghrib, it was a great opportunity for us now to make wudu from the seawater, which is it's a bit salty I mean, when you make the wudu, but it is permissible to make it from, 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 from the seawater, as the Prophet taught us. So I mean, we, made, we made wudu and we prayed Maghrib. The next day we went to another part of the beach on the other side, and they were swimming and having fun and what have you. And it came time for Salat al-Asr. So alhamdulillah, we got up and we prayed. We prayed Salat al-Asr in front of everybody. It was, you know, and you know, in Ireland, when it's a summer day, you know, you have a lot of people out there because they don't get much sun there. So the people, we prayed right in front of them. A brother asked me to give a short talk. And I said, you know what? I said, there's no need. I said, what we gained today with them, I mean, he forced me at the end to give a small talk, which I talk about the Salat anyways. But I talk about the same thing I'm saying to you now, that what we gained from that, we didn't need to do anything with the youth. The fact that we had the, the honor to fulfill our duty as Muslims, which is to get up and to pray, that Alhamdulillah, it's it's, it's going to show the people and the people people respect. People respect you. And I, I talked to you guys about this before. When you respect yourself and you respect religion, it increases the respect for the people in their hearts for you, even if they don't like what you're doing, even if they disagree, even if sometimes if they hate what you're doing, you'll you'll still find that they they have a, a form of respect for you. Subhanallah. Al-Azim. And I'll tell you a story that happened to us in Ireland. We went with the, the youth once again. We went to hiking. And this is probably, you can see it also in the picture of Instagram. Amazing, amazing place. So you hike up in the mountains. All of a sudden you come out with the you know, mountain, this, this big lake in the middle there. It's absolutely uh, stunning. So as we were there, um, it came time for Salat. Once again, it's very cold, but to make wudu in the cold water, alhamdulillah, we did it. Um, our Hanafi brothers who had to wash their feet were a bit... Uh, 
had a bit more difficulty than us who, who, who wiped on their socks, obviously. I mean, we made our wudu in the cold water. And as we were preparing for the Salat, a group of people came to the same area we were sitting in. Um, it was like 11 women and one dude, you know, I was like, this guy, he's, he's one guy with all of these women, mashallah. <laughs> or mashallah, I don't know. But uh, anyways, non-Muslim guy. And he's, he's coming with all, all these women, you know. So as he comes up and he, uh, they, they sit down, they start to talk. The youth start to get a bit shy and I can feel it. I'm like, who's going to call the Adhan? Everyone's looking for anyone else. We're, we're in the middle of this. Night. We're calling the Adhan. I'm not... And I'm not going to be shy because these non-Muslims rolled up on us now, and we're not going to call the event. So I, you know what? I, I'm going to be the I'm, I'm going to be the example. I'm going to get up. You know, Bismillah. I got up and Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Echo, we're in this. You know, we're down in like this this cannon with the lake and the mountains. It's beautiful, you know. And I hear the people talking. I can't hear what they're saying because I'm making an event. So I thought they were saying something negative. You know, they're women and stuff like that. But I'm getting offended. You know. And I don't know if I hear the dude talking I'm like this guy better not be talking about, you know, he, <laughs> he better hope he's not saying anything, you know, I started to get a bit offended, you know, but when I finished, what I realized is that they were talking and the other ones were telling them, be quiet, have respect. This is their call for prayer. Look at this. So they were quiet in the other ones. So they, they wouldn't be any noise. You know, I mean, it's not really an issue for them to talk any during that time, but and out of respect, look at that, you know, I respected myself, respected my call for prayer, my time for prayer. They respected it as, as well, alhamdulillah. And even when we started to pray, then they ended up just, just going and went, went to and hike in another area of the mountain, subhanAllah. So it was a learning experience. But that type of respect, when you have it, well, like people respect you. And I see this time and time again, where people have stances and they hold firm to the values that people respect you. And this is one of the things that could be and has done. And even now, the message he sent, I, I totally disagree with what he did after the McGregor fight. Um, it turned out to be pretty good in the end, to be honest with you. Uh, I didn't think it would turn out that good, honestly. I thought it was going to be much more ugly for him and, and, and for his legacy, but I, I don't think it's done anything to it, honestly. I mean, in some ways, I think it actually could have helped him. But I, I would have much preferred, you know, the, uh, and because he, he mauled the guy, you know. Even the fact he lost round three... <clears throat> If you know anything about MMA, it did look like he lost round three. But when you go back and you see that McGregor wasn't hitting him, he was moving back. He was moving, and McGregor was throwing hits. It looked like he was connecting, but he was missing. So and he, and his, his punches weren't accurate. And Khabib was actually hitting him more. So in reality, he's still undefeated. Um, uh, like, like what, what's the joke now? What's this guy? Uh, uh, it, 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 where's, where's he from? Uh, is he, is he uh, Paulo Castro? He's Brazilian. I thought, okay, I thought he might be Puerto Rican. He's uh, I, I know what you're about to say. Yeah, yeah, I thought your boy. Huh? Uh, he's, he's told, he's, I say, I'm still undefeated sober. Huh? It's like the guy, he, he can't admit that he lost it. Yeah? Lick, lick your wounds and so move dumb. on, man. Yeah, yeah. So it's, like the, it's like the craziest thing I've heard. It's like, what is this guy talking about, man? SubhanAllah. So, and, he, and in reality, if you look at it, Khabib is still undefeated. Never, never lost any round, honestly, because he didn't even lose that round. So he totally, he totally mauled the guy. But if you know MMA, you know, respect for Connor and for his coaches for that fight. And his last fight um, with Poirier, no, no, he, that was bad coaching. Uh, he wasn't ready for the, everybody's doing leg kicks, man. There's, you've got to be ready for the leg kicks. But he was ready for Khabib. His, his defense on the ground was absolutely in a textbook. 
the way he moved his hips, the way he got up. But Khabib is, is just like they say a different animal. I don't know if I want to call our brother that, but he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a beast. Once he gets on top, he's like a snake. You just can't just like devours you. You can't get away from him, you know, and people and, and everyone who fought him say you, 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 you realize that after he's on you. But if you look at, at Connor's movement when he was on the ground, he and he he was doing everything properly. And he, and he what you're supposed to do when you get caught in that situation, he was well trained. He was well prepared. Even his jiu-jitsu coach, who Khabib had the issue with, he trained him properly. You might like the guy, but he 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 trained him properly. He was ready. And if you you go back and you and you you study the tape and you look at it, he was moving really really good. And a lot of Muslims, even some of our brothers who trained, like oh, he completely didn't do anything. No, he he did what he's supposed to do. But Khabib was just at, at a at a, at a, to, a total another level. That's why he wasn't able, uh, you know, to, to do anything. The point is, is that after he mauled him for for four rounds, that was enough. If he had if he had stayed the same humble way in this, and I think that would have been much better and for him and for his legacy. But you know, like you know, Shaytan gets the best of all this, and that's also actually a lesson. Actually, I mean, if you look at that, I didn't think about that in that sense. But now, if you think about it, because I I was told you I like to reflect. That's why I have fifty four or fifty six points that I mentioned the khutbah of things we can benefit. We can make this number fifty seven now. After that, that the fact that you know, I, actually, I, I might have mentioned that actually in the points. I don't I don't remember. But the fact is that he made a mistake and he admitted it. And this I did mention, yeah. But also, and that's a lesson for all of us, is that, yes, we might make mistakes. Yes, shaitan might get the best of us. It happens to all of us. And, he, and I mentioned, and I remember one of the, the, the sheikhs, he said, I like that, you know. Uh, it's always an expression that I use. I have a video recently I did about it where I say that there's no Floyd Money Mayweathers in your battle with shaitan. You're not going to go 50 and 0. There's no, there's no Khabibs where you're going to go 29-0. You are going to lose. Shaitan, he's going to knock you out. Shaitan, he's going to get you sometimes on a split decision. Sometimes he's going to get you on an unanimous decision. He's going to beat you. You're going to fall. This is from the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, that all of the children of Adam are khatta, that they make mistakes. And then he said, the best of those who make mistakes though are the tawabun, the ones who are constantly repenting. So the, the, it, it's not about not falling. It's about what you do when you do fall. So once we fall, that we bounce back. And that we reflect on we 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 reflect on our mistakes to become better people. Just just as the fighter reflects on his uh, you know what I did right and what I did wrong in order to to improve and to become and to become better in the future. So as a Muslim, the same thing. We we go back to the drawing board. We go back to the to the to the to the to the to the tape. We watch tape. See what did we do wrong? Huh? What did we do wrong? How did Shaitan get me? What were the things? That got me. And something very interesting with this, I don't, I don't know if I've ever, 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 I mean, I think I shared it once before. Um, I was doing some counseling with a brother and practicing brother, brother involved in dua uh, and in dawah. Um, every now and then, shaitan would get the best of him. He would fall into watching some uh, things he shouldn't be watching. Alhamdulillah, he had opened up to somebody, he opened up to me, Alhamdulillah, I spoke with him. Um, and his name is it's not a, a start to expose our brothers alhamdulillah expose this, we don't expose the sins of others alhamdulillah and he when he and it reflected we, we looked in what's getting you he found that, that sometimes you know maybe he'll watch some things on youtube which are halal to watch something would come up for example watching a prank prank show all of a sudden some women come up in bikinis you're, you're a dude what's that going to do to you boom trigger something now, now, and, and, and indirectly, not right away, it wouldn't, he wouldn't go in, but that, that triggered something. You know, at the gym, when he would be training at the gym, uh, you know, the, 
non-Muslim country, people listen to music out loud in, in, in a lot of the gyms, that he found that um, he would listen to the music maybe a bit more than he should have, you know, kind of get into it, you know. Especially someone who has a jahiliya, you know. You hear some stuff, man, you know. Especially the stuff you used to listen to back in the day. And I remember like, like back in the day when we used to, you know, Tupac and, and Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, The Chronic, when it first came out. If I hear some stuff like that now, man, it's just going to be like, you know, that's it. Stuff a lot, man. Let me just uh, you know, close up. We have, where's the Air, Air, AirPods now? It can knock it out for us, alhamdulillah. We can benefit from technology. But if you hear something like that, you know, it can have an impact on you. So this is very important, you know, that we, we, we study to see how do we fall? How can we become better? SubhanAllah. So he, he realized that these small things that he was being easy going on, watching certain things, that it led him to, you know, look at, at that, which was, uh, the, uh, I mentioned, for example, the UFC girls. He said, I, I wouldn't, you know, sometimes I wouldn't lower my gaze. So those small things would trigger to, to take the next step and watch something. And obviously he would make toba and wouldn't do it for like another couple, you know, weeks or months or whatever it was, alhamdulillah. But and he, every now and then we get it and just, it got, it got to him the fact that he would fall back into it. So he, he wanted to you know, open up to someone, alhamdulillah we're able to, to, to solve the problem. So that's a lot of times you have to, you have to do studies and, and, and look into it, how you fell into it, what to do about it. So obviously with him, you know, making that mistake, and I feel it's going to make him a better person. And it's also a very valuable lesson for all of us, you know, that what shaitan, if we let shaitan get us, he let shaitan get him. But also, he bounced back. He bounced back quick from it. I think a lot had to do with fear of his father. In the beginning, as he mentioned in the interview, may Allah have mercy upon his father, but I mean, subhanAllah. So you the the, the, the the respect any that's that's also one of the lessons, man. Just a great lesson for our youth today when it comes to you know respecting your mother and your father. We know the status that Islam gives to them, but you know, where are we when it comes to that? Honestly, all of us, especially the youth, man, nowadays, you know, ones who grow up in the West, especially even farther away, because the society is so anti-family, you know, it's just not, it doesn't have family values anymore. But you see, you know, Khabib, just his father, how emotional he was, the impact he had on his life, the respect he had for him, the fear he had for him. And he made that when he jumped over that cage. He said, the thing is about going back home now, it's not the UFC who scares me. It's not losing $500,000 in a fight. Instead of going home to face his dad, this is what this was the, the fear that he had of his dad. When he was on the top of the world, 29 and 0, his father's dream to go 30 and 0, when his mother said, This is the last one, look at the respect right there. And this is, I mean, the amazing lesson. That's not in the khutbah, obviously, because that happened later. I mean, the, the issue of his father, I believe it's in there. Respect to that, but he took it to another level with his mother, subhanAllah. That's just an amazing lesson. I mean, you can, we can go on and on and about the things that you can benefit. And, that, and that's why I said from the beginning of the khutbah, I said, look, issue of hitting in the face between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, some of the, some of the brothers who, who I'm, uh, I'm friends with on Facebook were, you know, professional fighters and this, you know, that's between them and Allah, you know, but they're, they're my brothers. And I, and I like the brothers who have that, that you know, that, that is the honor, that they're, they're proud to be Muslims. You know, they're, they're, they, they make it clear that, yes, I'm a fighter, but I'm a Muslim. Alhamdulillah, I think that's, that's beautiful. We should support them for that aspect, not supporting if they're doing something haram, like I said, between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm not going to come because I, I like MMA, because I, I like, you know, this guy. Oh, it's, it's not that haram, brother, mashallah. You know, no, I'm, that's, not, that's not my approach. Uh, so what you're doing is not correct. But the other aspects you're doing, alhamdulillah, I have to applaud you for that. And you're, you're, you're my brother, and I'm going to stand by you. And because of that, alhamdulillah. 
Man, subhanAllah. Rami thoughts. Uh, one second, bro. Before we continue, uh, you're going to be able to cut it out when you're, when you're editing, right? My charger, which I had took to plug in before, and I forgot. Now my battery is about to die. No worries. Take your time. Just grab, grab the charger. You saw that he was in his underwear, bro. We're going to yeah. keep it. This guy. Yo, my bad, guys. Uh, what do you call it? The, the, um, the, the Bengali brothers and, and the Somali brothers have a dress, man. It's, it's called the Punjabi. No, no, the Izar. The, in, in Urdu, they call it the Lungi. 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 Oh! <laughs> I get that. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And even in Yemen, it's that's what they wear. And in the Gulf countries, they wear the Izar like this on, on the bottom, but they wear the thobe on top of it. Let and me see. Bring Yemen, one leg up. Bring yeah. one leg up real quick. No, no, let me put no leg up, man. No? They already call it. Uh, because obviously, <laughs> in, in, underneath, there's nothing underneath. That's the, that's the, that's the problem. <laughs> there, there, there's actually a funny story because in some Gulf countries, uh, and Oman and the Emirates, they, this, that's all they wear under their thobes. Qatar, to an extent, they, they wear both of them. Um, now, Kuwait and Saudi, they wear the, you know, like the, the regular like white, uh, white pants under the thobe. Um, Bahrain, I'm not sure if they do both. I, I, don't, I don't know what their custom is. Emiratis, they wear nothing but this. I always have it was when I used to live in the Emirates. Um, that's all they wear under the thobes. So there was, a, there was a, a soccer match and they got into a fight afterwards. So they, they, it was actually other things. So they, the guy runs out. And he's like, they're fighting the other team. Their team lost. Everybody's upset. So the guy does this big kick to the other guy. And obviously, underneath, there's nothing on. So everything's exposed under as, as he's jumping. So they actually brought it on the news. But they, they cover up his like his, his private part when he did it. So he's, he's like, ah, up on top. On the bottom, you know, he's, he's, he's wide open. You know, spread out. You, know? <laughs> so you, you can't fight with something like that. Man. That's, that, that, that's that fighting it. Yeah, man. Listen, it's very comfortable. That's the thing when I have in the house. It's very comfortable. That's all I wear in the house. So when I'm filming, I just uh, I put this on top. I leave that. But if you go to Yemen, uh, uh, that's uh, that's how they wear. They wear top like a shirt like this, and then about also in Somalia, it's it's very famous. They dress like that as well. Hold on, hold on. Isn't isn't it called in India dhoti? No, uh, they call it lungi. Lungi. I know. I know in Urdu they call it. Lungi. I'm from bro. I'm from Bangladesh. I used to grow up seeing my grandfather with that. It's it's, it's called a lungi. So if you if you guys made it this far, type in yeah. hashtag lungi and but hashtag I think, ventilation. I think yeah. in India it's called a a, a dhoti. A dhoti is like it, they're like white pants, but then they're like you basically no, 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 no. nothing underneath. No, 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 no. This they're is not this, pants. This the lungi is actually it's a wrap. It's just like it's like a piece of cloth, big piece of cloth, and they wrap it around themselves like a like a towel almost, you know, like a long skirt. This yeah, guy. yeah. So they wrap it around themselves. It's it's it's, it's very comfortable, and once you get used to it, you know, it's just uh, very very nice. That's why that's why in the house that's all I wear, you know, in the house. And I, and I used to wear it when I lived in the Emirates outside as well, um, under the thobe. You should wear it when you're rolling with someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be in big trouble then, huh? Get you, get you, get you in the in the, in the scissor and then what do you call it? The triangle choke, man. <laughs> oh no, nah, no, nah, you're not gonna catch me in that. Oh man, <laughs> Subhanallah. Now back to what we were gonna say, Rami. Okay. Thoughts. 
I have so many thoughts, subhanAllah, that I had going on during that amazing, uh, those amazing points, mashallah. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like nowadays with, with like political correctness and cancel culture and that stuff, we've, we've adopted these, you know, mentalities that, that tell us to just, you know, cancel people. If there's something we don't like in the slightest from them, khalas, throw out the whole person, right? A lot of the time you, you hear women say like things like throw out, throw out the whole man, right? Uh, as like this, this insulting uh a statement subhanallah but when it comes to someone like habib like imagine how much good he's done like even my brother right even my brother he he you know he came back and started praying and stuff after watching habib fight and he was devastated when habib retired he was like devastated subhanallah and to see my brother come and and, and ask me you know if he can pray with me and all that because of habib how are Love you gonna that. how are you gonna come to me and say that habib is, is not a good role model don't look up to him and i'm gonna put you in a triangle hold soon yeah, that's, that's it. And, and uh, that's always what I, mean, what I always say you know, from the beginning of the khutbah. I said, you know, look objectively. You know, what can we benefit? There's so many. I mean, I mentioned 54, and he, then it added two things, and then 56, and now with the, some of our new things, 57, 50. I don't know where we are now, but mashallah, there's, there's a lot of things you know that you can benefit. And that's how we have to be as believers: is to look at the positive. I even rem remember. I, maybe you guys saw the clip, and I remember one of the the mashiach, He contacted me and he, and, he, and he praised me for what I said about our brother Muhammad Salah, you know, who, when he took the picture next to the Christmas tree. Christmas tree, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I, I said a, a very a merry and a most Salah Christmas, that was, was the title. But I, when, we, when you go inside the video, I said, look, I said, this is the same guy that all everyone was praising and, you know, putting the, you know, his picture when he's reading the Quran and when he's making dua, everyone's, you know, everyone's praising him. He messed up now and now it's just like, the, 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 the knives are, are falling on, on the poor guy, right? I said, okay, he made a mistake, you know, cover up for your brother, you know, don't, and, and, and then as it came in the hadith, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, don't, you know, let shaitan, and he, don't support shaitan against your brother, right? And, he, and, and, and if, if the Muslims all were to turn against Khabib, who's he going to have? And he, he has Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, but he's going to have all, all of the, 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 the non-Muslims who, what, what are they calling to him? They call him to good? He's our brother, you know, he made a mistake in one aspect, what about all the other good that he has? And this, we have to look at any at Muslims, even the, the brother who's with us in our Islamic center and local community. He has a mistake, but look at the good he's doing. Even I mentioned in one of my lectures last night, and you might find someone and who's has a lot of bad things, but he does something good for Islam. And he has to be applauded for that. You know, even like some of the words like Dave Chappelle said in the interview he had recently. And he said, I said, I'm, I'm a Muslim, but I'm not a good one. You know, he was, he was honest, obviously, but and he, he had some good things he said. Even there was an interview where they did with um, uh, Akon. I saw this obviously on the Dean Show when he did it with uh, with Brother Gabriel when he and he talked about polygamy. Brilliant, brilliant. What he talked about, you know. Obviously, he has some you know very bad songs and some you know some things as Muslims that we don't we don't accept. But I'm the you know he 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 makes it clear. I'm a Muslim. It's part of my faith. Is how we do this. I mean I, I, I mean I really like you know a lot of the things that that, that he said. So you, we can we can benefit from that. So we have to applaud that. Do we cancel him altogether? At the, but at the same time, you have other individuals who might be someone because he's a celebrity who has more bad than good, but the fact he's Muslim just because he's a celebrity so we'll, we'll bring him to propagate our organization or to do this and that. We have to, that that's, that's, that's a red line there. But if we have a brother who's you know, generally good and, he, and, he, and he, what he has is good, but he has a mistake here that this is our brother and we, we benefit from him in Shantana and we can advise him. Uh, we can advise him as well for uh, you know, for the mistakes that he has. That's how we need to be as Muslims. We need to be, and look like the brother says, how brilliant is that? 
And, he, and, and how many stories, if we were to, you know, ask people, they're going to, people who started praying off. It's not the first time I've heard that. People who came back to Islam and practiced Islam because of Khabib. And a time of darkness, and he was, and he, he gave a, a bit of light to the to the believers, you know, where you, where you can excel at something, and you can still be devoted to your religion at the same time. You don't have to compromise. You don't have to do any uh, any, any uh, other forms of haram, you know. Alhamdulillah, and this is something you know, very very. Any there are other athletes who have done it, by the way. But and any when you have that type of izzah, that type of honor, any just the 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 that you can spread, you know, throughout the ummah, it's it's amazing. May Allah bless him. And, and increase him, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Amin, Ya Rabb. Amin, Ya Rabb. Subhanallah. Yeah. I'm like at a loss right now. Don't don't turn to me. Bro, I have my, <laughs> I have my mic muted. Because usually I'm just like going from one point to another. Yeah. Uh, coordinating it. But dog, my, my cat is right outside my door. She's meowing crazy. So <laughs> I don't even want to unmute it because it might get into, you know, interview with audio. <laughs> but yeah, just 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 off the rip, like I'm gonna link the the video that you made, the khutbah, where you go into all of those wonderful points that our brother Habib did and continues to do and the way he lives. But just in summation, a couple points that you know you really want to share with us in this podcast, even though I will link it down in the description box of this episode. What would they be? Some main takeaways from Khabib. I think the main thing what we mentioned in the beginning, just the issue of of, of, of of being proud to be a Muslim and not compromising. And I think that's uh, that, that's one of the main takeaways. The issue of, of the family, of, of of being devoted to your to your salat. Um, you know, even I mentioned recently about that about Big Rami. Bodybuilding is 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 it halal bodybuilding? And I I, I put it right there. I said, look. I said, I'm not going to, you know, talk about his halal. I mean, the bodybuilding itself is, is halal, but the posing they do in, in those shorts, that's going to make it haram, obviously, that, that aspect of it. Once again, not all aspects of it are, are haram. But look at the brother, yakhi, and in the minute video, he's praying, alhamdulillah. As someone who's had that success, Mr. Olympia, that means he's number one in the world. Numero uno, number one, the top. But yet... He's still, he's still praying. Look, before the Olympia, I, mean, I, I, I looked at his page on Facebook, dua, 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 making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of it has you know, to talk about Allah in, in, in his post. So making dua. So this is, this is something to be applauded, man. And how many people would reach that level they would go astray? We sit back now on our couches and we talk, oh man, if you were to reach that level of success and you had that much money and that much fitna, in front of you, you think you would be devoted? You, you might say it now, but the reality, if you had all those women, and you say, man, I, no, no, astaghfirullah, I, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't be involved, you know, with something like that. You have the women throwing themselves at you, man. You can have all the women you want with that success and that money and that fame. But yet, someone stays devoted to his wife and, and fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is that not to be applauded? Alhamdulillah. And so these, the, the, this is any, the, the, the lessons then that these brothers, they teach. You can excel at, the, at your sport, at your craft. You can be at the top of the world because he's at the top of the MA world and even considered by many to be the GOAT. But yet someone who's still devoted, someone who still has honor, someone who still doesn't compromise when the lady comes to him, he doesn't shake hands with the opposite gender because this is the teachings of Islam, alhamdulillah. And he, when you see how he is with his parents, number one, when it came time, we said UFC 200, religions first. 
Ramadan, he's still training, but he trains less. It's Ramadan, it's time to fast. And you, 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 the issue with his mother, I think mean, that was just amazing, amazing, amazing. Wow. And if that didn't bring tears to your eyes, subhanAllah, as a Muslim, why he retired? Because my mother said, this is the last one, Allah Akbar. Our, our, our young brothers and sisters who are listening, and even, the, even us as older brothers, you know, anywhere, where are we from our parents if they, if they told us not to do it, subhanAllah? You know, I mean, one of the things that had an impact on me, uh, even though my wife, she's still upset with me about cutting my hair. Uh, I just saw a picture yesterday where I was, I was training. I was actually almost down half of my back, subhanAllah. My father didn't like it, you know. And I, I explained, I said, the fact that I'm not living next to my father, um, that kind of makes me, you know, I don't know if it be rebellious, but I mean, I just, I didn't cut it as quick as I did because he requested that I cut my hair, right? But that's one of the, that's one of the factors when I did cut my hair was because he wasn't happy with it, with the long hair, you know, out of, out of respect for him. And even if you, you know, like you might've saw my picture on my Instagram, that's his, that's the picture is fast for actually for him. I put that one okay. <laughs> so I just got my hair cut, I looked good with my sweater on <laughs> because I went to show him and you had something you had requested. So I did that for you. Actually, it was horrible training with, by the way, talking about training with the long hair. Oof. That wasn't uh, that wasn't that wasn't fun. I'll tell you that much. Always coming down to your face and you know, sticking to you as you're sweating. It was alhamdulillah. So this type of type of lesson, these type of lessons, I think these are, these are the main things. But I mean, there's many other things and his his relationship with you know with the non-Muslims and building ties, building relationships. That's that's some of the best form of dawah. You know, we're talking about you know giving dawah to non-Muslims. It's any it's not always about you know me giving you a book or teaching you something about Islam. It can just be that that relationship, that that bridge building. And look how many of the non-Muslims they actually love him now too. Look at relationships he has with his teammates, like you know DC and others, where they're they're, they're very strong and the relationship they have, uh, relationship he have even with some officials, some government. And even though people might not agree with that, but obviously he has his outlook um, of having those relations and, and and the benefits that that can have as well. So there's there's many many you know benefits that you could have, and even I think you know individuals like him have removed a lot of the hatred. Towards you know to, the, the non-Muslims had and a lot of the, the racism that non-Muslims had even a lot of the double standards that the West had towards Islam and the Muslims a lot of that has been removed even something very very interesting and he, from the positive outcomes of uh, his fight in, in, in with, with Conor McGregor is that many of the the, the non-Muslims no longer look at what France now keeps saying is freedom of speech. You know, obviously freedom of speech when it's not insulting others, it's not de degrading others. You know, you're right to have your opinion. And then you look at the, the, the double standards. If you were to look at certain movements or ideologies or lifestyles in, in the Western society now, if we were to speak about that, that's not allowed. That That's hate speech and that's this and you're that. And that, that. But when it comes to um, Muslims, it's, it's open game, right? But I think a lot of them understood from this, you know, that, you just don't do that. You don't talk about a man's religion. You have respect for a man's belief. And, and a lot of that, that, his stance and his anger and, you know, and what happened with Connor, I think a lot of people changed. You know? So he, he, even Connor himself, and he, we should be thankful for him. Stuff for lying. And we might say it's something, a, how could you be thankful, right? But his thing about, you know, talking about, about, about the religion of, of Khabib, actually, had a positive impact and then alhamdulillah always we have to look look for the positive in things and not saying it was, you know, it was a good thing that he did obviously we don't accept it but nonetheless 
And in many of the, the non-Muslims now, they're going to, you know, they, they think twice before they say something negative about Islam and the Muslims, not out of fear, not that we're going we're to jump out of the cage on them or something like that and, and do the eagle and, and jump on them like, like he did. No, it's not, that's not the reason, but because they just, it's not right. And it's, 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 it's not fair to have those doubles and it's not correct. And, they, and the people understood it now from this, alhamdulillah. Subhanallah. I say we we made some good points that uh I'm trying to gather my thoughts on on just the last part that you were saying because so many people today are just ashamed of that. We talked about it in the beginning, we talked about it in the middle, we're wrapping it up right now. That be unapologetically a Muslim. Right. Now I'm not saying, you know, just be all up in the face about it, but it's like there's a difference between, you know, being a coward and just not sharing everything and putting it out there, right? I'm not saying you have to, not everyone, you know, everyone should give da'wah, right? The Prophet said, even if one verse, one ayah from the Quran, if you can share that. But I'm not saying everyone has to go do that now, but don't shy away from it. Don't put up this wall between you as a Muslim and try to become like the disbelievers, right? Because that, that was also said that there's going to come a day where, you know, we as an ummah, we just become so similar to the disbelievers. It's astounding. I think that day is not too far. Well, I think a lot of it actually, unfortunately, is in front of us, Allah Mustan. SubhanAllah. Anhal Rami, you got any thoughts before we wrap it up? Uh, it looks like Rami doesn't have any thoughts. Um, I say we wrap it up, man. Brother looks like he's tired. Yeah, of course, I'm to get some sleep. Uh, what time is it? It's um, 115, 113. Yeah, I, I have a lecture in a couple of hours in, in California as well, so. Yeah, let's let him get some rest. Catch you well, now. Sheikh Abdul Rahim, thank you so much for filming these two episodes with us. You're a very busy guy, but inshallah, Ta'ala, this this reaches a lot of a lot of hearts, a lot of souls. Because at the end of the day, yes, we get a little too caught up, and this is this is for people like us, people that are you know trying to promote Islam and spread the deen and spread truth and and reality of of what things are. We get a little too caught up sometimes on you know. A message to disbelievers or not, you know, non-Muslims, you know, and and try to convince them of Islam. But it's like our home base, we we forget it sometimes, and we lose sight of what it is. And I get it because a perfect example of this is you have non-Muslim countries like America and uh, Canada. So basically, North America, we all these countries we we classify what's going on in China as a genocide. But when you look at what's happening in Muslim countries, oh no, you know, don't speak about that, right? Saudi Arabia, you know, all these countries that they have these these trades and you know relations with you know CCP and they, they can't they have to maintain that, and they're they're afraid of speaking out on it. Is it right? No, you know, are they kind of being a coward about it? Of course, for dunya reasons too, which 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 is the most pathetic thing. But at the end of the day, it, it but, but really I, goes I, to I, show. I, actually, I believe there's a, there's a lot of benefit in that because I think that many of the Westerners. Uh, you know, the, the, especially ones who have strong intellect and even the ones who are, you know, might, might not be the, the, the strongest in the, in the intellect, but it, it just become so blatantly clear that the issue of democracy and, and freedom and all this, that it's, it's, it's not real. And it, it, it's not what they've been saying to be. And, and the double standards, they've seen so much of it, you know, and they're starting to realize that, hey, what we've, what, what we've been saying and the, the, the slogans that we were raised on, you know, freedom for all and justice for all and all of this, 
it's really just a lot of kalam. It's just, it's just, you know, it's just hearsay. It's not, it's not a reality. And it's only a reality when there's a benefit. I mean, if China was, uh, you know, uh, uh, was on the same page as America, if they weren't someone who was, you know, competing with America, if they weren't, you know, um, uh, that th- th- you you wouldn't you wouldn't find it. it wouldn't be a genocide. This would be, this would be the sad truth. You know, there they would be a reason for this. The, the, oh, oh, the, 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 and they, or if they were to say this, you know, the, there's a benefit, just like they said with the other countries you mentioned, because they were very blatant with it. This it, it goes back to business. There's business that we have, you know. And the sad thing is, is that even the issue of like the war on terror, which is not really something you know mainstream now. Alhamdulillah, it's not really an issue anymore. I mean, I'm sure it still is, but not like it was, alhamdulillah, so the blessing of Allah. But the, the point is that even this, and obviously with the, you know, there were allies with, you know, the, 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 uh, the Saudi or other countries, that was one of their, the key things. So, so we, need, we need to stay together because that, they're not even mentioning that a lot. I mean, really, it's just, you know, more of like the trade and other, other things, like you said, dunya issues they're focusing on now. So it's more like even blatant now that, 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 that that's the reason why, you know, we, we keep the ties and things like that. So subhanAllah, it's just, it's, it's a sad situation, but I think it's, it, it's showing the, the reality and the truth of so many people. So, I mean, there could be a lot of good coming from that, you know, so always we have to look for the good and, and, and remain positive, inshallah. Inshallah. And Allah Akbar. Rami, I'm going to let you uh, end it off for us one time. Right. Once again, huge shout out to Sheikh Abdurrahim McCarthy. If you have made it this far, type in hashtag be you. Until next time. SubhanAllah. I'm so shocked that you held the floor, you know, that eloquently, mashallah, for that long, at, at, you know, 1.15 in the morning. So may Allah bless you immensely, Habib, and, and allow us to be leaders for the righteous, Habib. I, I learned so much from this one talk. Unfortunately, I missed the first, but I'll go back and watch it, inshallah. Um, may Allah bless everybody who watched into this point uh, and allow us to be, you know, good Muslim men and women and be proud of our deen. Allahumma ameen. With that being said, Allahumma atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa kina adhaab nar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.